0: How are we doing? Very good. Very well. You, have either of you been on this program before? Uh, one time. Amrish, yes? Yes. Okay, and you—you uh, you didn't put you off, you decided to come back? You yep. decided to come back? Yes, yes, Good. yes, yes. Of course you did. Uh, plus, of course, we are going to be joined by uh, an old friend of mine as well. He's called uh, Samir Miglani. Uh, I, I'm, I'm stuck in the vein of referring to him to him as uh, Chef Samir Miglani uh, because I worked with him for a number of years when he was a, a, a chef. He's moved on. He'll be joining us in a moment and letting us know what he's up to these days. And he's a mutual friend as well, isn't he, guys? You guys, you, you, we all know Chef Samir. I know Samir very well. We absolutely do. Uh, Girish, let's start with you, though. Let's take... Uh, Let's get a little bit of information about uh, where you're working, what you're doing these days. Uh, you're down at the Media One Hotel as an executive chef. That's
1: right. Um, hello, uh, everybody. Uh, good morning to all of you. Uh, I'm Garish, uh, working at Media One Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in Dubai for a couple of years. Um, uh, currently looking after the Media One, uh, that's, that that got like five uh, five uh, b venues. Oh, there's five uh, venues down yeah, there. Th- th- there are five venues down there, uh, all doing uh, quite well. And um, what
0: style of food do you have uh, at the
1: Media One? Um, it's it's a mix. Uh, it's a mix uh, of venues. Uh, where uh, on on the on the bay, on the ground floor, you mm-hmm. got a Cafe M, uh, okay. sort of bistro style food, um, uh, zone, Asian, Pan Asian, um, kind of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to the eighth floor, where where most of the happening uh, uh, takes place, uh, the Garden on Eight, uh, which is uh, which is launched recently, um, and so it's sort of a British uh, you know open open garden kind of a, a restaurant, uh-huh. um, like a beer garden if you like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got deconate uh, deconate mm-hmm. uh, is very popular uh, to, to the people who party
0: so we got a, mi- a mix theres there, is there is we've got it Arabic is. food we've got um, uh, med- Indian food as well
1: yeah uh, Mediterranean uh-huh. uh, Mediterranean uh, the Med is a Mediterranean again on mm-hmm. the 8th uh, floor the Indian food uh, for the room service yeah mm-hmm. so we got mixed kind of clientele that comes to, to to stay at the hotel so you got to meet everybody's requirements so uh, and, and you're
0: doing the, the Iftar at the moment as well obviously at the moment the how's main that focus, going
1: the main focus is on the Iftar mm-hmm. uh, Iftar is doing doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh given a different twist to, to the to the iftar this year. Mm-hmm. Um it's normally perceived as a as a lavish buffet and mm-hmm. uh you know you, you tend to have lots and lots and lots of food and uh I'm sure most of the people who come to actually have the iftar mm. have less food. Um, and uh, most of them get thrown away at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have done differently this time is have uh, have mezze, Focus more on the mezze, Yeah. which is more of the of small kind of food that uh, you tend to eat after you mm-hmm. fast, mm-hmm. Uh, and have the mains as as an as a as an to order. Mm-hmm. So you have one main that you order, and everything else is sort of a meze kind, small portions.
0: Uh, I like that, that because that, yeah. food, I- food waste is a big issue and it's important moment. that we, yeah, yeah, that we yeah. don't have that. So, um, that. so you guys have got that going on. I've, we'll yeah. find out a bit more about the menus later yeah, on and, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, what yeah, kind of yeah, food yeah. you've got. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Amrish joins us as well. Amrish Sood from the uh, Chef de Cuisine of the JW Marriott Marquis. Busy times down there as well. Yes, Ray. And lots
2: of outlets too. Lots of mm-hmm. outlets and uh, good morning to everybody. I just want to share the information about the hotel, what we are doing in the hotel at JW Merit Marquis, starting with Rangmahal. At Rangmahal, we have done a research on uh, the Muslim Indian food, what Muslims eat in India during Ramadan and, and Iftar time. Mm. So we have traveled two, three different states, especially the Hyderabad, which is known for its cuisine. We have traveled to Lucknow. We have traveled to Old Delhi. So we have just got a collection of 11 dishes from these different states, and mm-hmm. we are representing all these dishes in Rangmahal. And... Uh, like while we were doing research on uh, these three uh, three or four different cities of india uh, i have a team of uh, chefs with me we travel to all these small restaurants mm. we we try to capture the few uh, dishes from the home which the like indian muslim ladies cook at home okay. during, during this time so it has a it has a very uh honest and very genuine cooking happening at rangmal mm-hmm. at this time mm-hmm. and uh, in the hotel we have got uh iftar happening at uh, emirates ballroom mm-hmm. and uh, then we have iftar happening at uh, dubai ballroom we have uh, executive launch where we have a deluxe iftar happening and uh, the, the best part of uh, having the iftar in executive launch, executive lounge launch is that it's at 37th floor, and so you have a beautiful view of oh, Dubai in the evening. Yeah, so,
0: I bet you do. I bet you do. You've got you guys a. Are- both so busy uh overseeing everything and there's uh, so many outlets as well i mean busy busy times yes. uh, so many but it's hard as well because there's so many different iftars going on um all around the the city all around yes. the uae as well it's, it must be difficult to kind of like make yourself stand out and and get those customers yes. to come yes. to you right yes,
1: yes. yes. yeah i mean we, we like like in media one we don't we don't call it if, iftar buffet mm. we call it uh maldon mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. where like I said, the main focus is on the museum, and not actually on, on, on the big food or buffet display that you have.
0: Yeah. I want to say hello to uh, our, our co-host this morning. He's a old friend of mine. Chef Samir's here. Hello, Mr. Addison. How, How you have do? you
3: been? It's It's been a while we've Did met. I, I, I enjoy the mic, but I'm missing the camera.
0: Did you get stuck in the traffic? <laughs> no,
3: actually not. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still reeling from take right on Sheikh Mohammed bin Zaid Road and first left uh. exit. <laughs> Without realizing that RTA has got a wonderful uh, application which could direct you closer to uh, home rather than using the Google Plus app. So Ah, I've learned my lessons today to download the RTA site and then use that for the future. Yeah, because I dropped you a pin. There shouldn't yeah. have been a problem. Absolutely, but <laughs> do you realise I'm a chef? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> or at least used to. that's be the one. thing Well, that's why I wanted <laughs> so to ask you about because it's been a while. We, you, you and I used to
0: work with each other fairly regularly in your capacity as as a, as a chef. You but, used to come onto a TV show that I worked for, and um, you would do some TV cooking. Um, c- TV cooking. You'd be cooking on TV. You're a TV chef, <laughs> right? And it was uh, very, very popular now, as well. One of our absolute favourites as now, well. And I've
3: is it a compliment or otherwise? If I was a being a TV chef, <laughs> is it a
0: compliment? Well, to some. Age or some uh, some some famous chefs don't right. like to be called celebrity chefs, do they? Right. Because they feel like it's like, you know it's a little bit insulting. Right? Uh, it's that word t. It's telly chef. Telly you know. chef like they don't that. like that. But you like you enjoyed uh, cooking on TV, didn't you? Absolutely. Mm. I
3: think uh, Tom and Ash for company, and you the producer. I think that was a great uh, that was a great time we've had.
0: It was a lot, and of it's fun. it's
3: so lovely to be back today uh, uh, at the studios mm. uh, and with two two celebrity chefs in their absolutely. own oh. right. Oh. and <laughs> talking about
0: uh, <laughs> what are you up? to though because we've got to go to a break but what, just right. tell, quickly tell us what you're up to these days uh, I, I have stopped
3: cooking for a little okay I think uh, that's what it is and rest we will go after the break okay oh,
0: oh <laughs> you're, t- you're gonna tell us a bit more <laughs> yeah. okay. all right, right. Uh, stay tuned we're gonna find out what <laughs> Chef Samir's been up to We'll be back. It's a Thursday brunch. My favorite show of the week. Uh, we get to relax a little bit and meet some uh, top chefs that are working here in the UAE. And he used to be a chef. He's our co-host today. Uh, Samir is back with us. Samir, good to have you. What are you up to these days?
3: Uh, Ray, I have taken on an entrepreneurial journey now. Mm, and mm. Uh, I've set up a company in uh, in Dubai Airport Free Zone mm-hmm. uh, called 21's FZE. Mm-hmm. And we, we do a lot of uh, hospitality design, like restaurant designs. Okay. So we are currently working with some big brands there oh, really?
0: so, so you so you you're you're, de- you're literally designing restaurants now
3: absolutely we've got an interior and an architect on board mm. and uh we are, we, are, we are making presentations and uh, executing projects for uh, for hotels or for designing restaurants
0: that must be so exciting do you, do you think that the fact that you were i mean you worked for how many years what 20 odd years yes yeah, as, as a professional chef you executive uh, chef at the move and pick as well i know and, and all over the world as well you've worked how much of that of an impact do you think that has on what you're doing now
3: I think greatly because one understands besides aesthetics, but mm-hmm. one understands functionality. Mm-hmm. And I think functionality is a very important part of being uh, on the shop floor yeah. uh, as a chef stroke uh, F&B. Yeah. And that helps to obviously uh, relate to the client mm. who also understands that you do know a part of the business that he works in. I so to if j- a chef would want a tandoor, yeah. uh, then it, I would be able to help him, to guide him, whether the Australian beach would be better or a charcoal would be better mm-hmm. or what would be mm-hmm. a suggestion. The ultimate decision does lie with him. But I can at least, you know, guide him through that having gone through the rigmarole for two decades. Because that's
0: the thing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm wondering, in an ideal scenario, you'll have somebody designing a a kitchen, a a professional kitchen, uh, somebody doing that who knows what they're doing. But I would imagine there's been some cases where that hasn't, where that doesn't always happen. And maybe due to space and things like that, it's not always ideal. So to have somebody who knows exactly what's required and how the the, the crew is going to work in that kitchen, uh, like yourself, must make a big difference. Absolutely.
3: And and a lot of times uh, the the operations teams arrives much after the plans have been designed, done Mm. and executed. Mm -hmm. So that is a little bit too late to make any changes. So what we try to do is to start it from ab initio and then go back to the team and say, is that something that you're comfortable? with? Mm. Would that something that you would work with, and and then uh, you know take it backwards? So yeah. that that is something that we have been give, able to give an advantage of.
0: So uh, important, isn't it, guys, for for kids to get cooking? Do you get excited by the fact that there's uh, kids out there and they get passionate about food, Amrish?
2: I'm very much excited about that mm. because I have got two twin daughters at home. So so I do uh, cooking with them on my off days. Yeah. So when I when I'm in the kitchen with them, they are more excited than me mm. cooking food for them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like if we see. Now the landscape of food, which is built around the uh, childrens uh, of this age, mm-hmm. is totally different. What we used to have, like mm-hmm. when we uh, after coming out of the home, what we see, we see we used to see a vegetable market, mm-hmm. fruit market, mm-hmm. but now when you come out of your home, you see all fast food shops around your building. Mm-hmm. So this is what 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 is attracting the childrens of this age now. Yeah. So I'm 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 very much worried about it, and at the same time I I feel that. Uh, Uh, educating a child at this stage about good food is very very important Mm. and now the current generation the the current people now they are moving away from cooking Mm. so I just want to inspire them to cook more food at home because that is the that is the healthy way of living absolutely and uh, at the same time I I, I want them to empower about a a healthy lifestyle Mm. and cooking food at home is the first stage begin that journey
0: yeah it's important we get cooking with with our kids at, at home we don't all have the time unfortunately uh, and it kind of takes us to to a uh, preempt to one of the food news stories i want to go into in a second we'll get into it in detail uh that in the uk uh, there's people selling salt to each other kids are selling salt like contraband to other kids because the salt's been taken away and they're also taking uh, the parent the teachers are confiscating uh food that they feel is unhealthy inappropriate to have in the school lunchbox. they're confiscating like they might confiscate a mobile phone or I don't know Conkers <laughs> whatever it might be uh, we're gonna come to that in a minute but I want to hear uh, how would you feel as a parent uh, about your child's uh, lunch part of your child's lunch being confiscated 4001 zero zero let us know your thought is that acceptable uh, in uh, today or, or should you be the ultimate person that decides what's in that lunchbox Food focus. Uh, we, we, we've, we've got three uh, Indian chefs here in, in, in the studio. I mean, we, we, our food focus is Indian is Indian food, particularly uh, recipes that are being offered um, during uh, the holy month of Ramadan uh, in the iftars as well. Uh, let's say hello to, uh, and find out a little bit more about Girish Babu, who's the executive chef at the Media One Hotel. Sir, I was looking through uh, your biog, and um, one thing that really caught my eyes, you used to work at a restaurant called uh, Pepper Mill, and um, it was a fine, you know, a premium uh, Indian restaurant um, doing a hundred covers but you were featuring Indian food during the colonial period of India now how does that differ from more traditional Indian food all right
1: um, this is a, a restaurant that I've opened a couple of years back mm. um, the inspiration was uh, was actually from the owner um, who wants that the restaurant to be named uh, as peppercorn and mm. I said peppercorn doesn't sound very good let's uh, let's work another name uh, Around that, mm. and I had to uh, to look at the history of uh, India and, uh, and, and the ingredients that uh, was used at that period. Um, as you know, India has been invaded uh, several times with many 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 foreign invaders, mm. um, and uh, so the food in India is actually a mix of of many uh, many cuisines. So, so if you look at the north part of India, it's more Mughlai, mm. Arabic style. Um, where the south is more uh, traditional Indian food, uh, which, which I mean more vegetarians, I would say, uh, s- um, the use of the ingredients differs from from the regions of India in all around here. Mm. The the invasion from 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 the English, uh, uh, where uh, we were invaded for let's say, the the black gold mm-hmm. was peppercorn, mm-hmm. and mm. that was one of the re- uh, reasons why. India was been invaded many times because the spice market was so rich in right. India. And uh, all the invaders came to take the spice out. Mm. Uh, stayed in India for a long period. And uh, their kind of food sort of, you know, uh, mellowed down or blended with the Indian, Indian uh, culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how the cuisines took place. And that's how the regions in India has got different kind of food.
0: And who, uh, did you, who did you find would be coming and uh, attracted to the restaurant for this Indian colonial food? I mean, uh, the ingredients that
1: uh, I use was simple, natural ingredients. There was no sort of colorings um, used. There was mm. no colorings at that age of that period mm-hmm. uh, anyway. So it's more of a fresh ingredients. Um, use natural uh, colorings uh, mm-hmm. from the food itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a spinach, then you just use spinach and no colors. And if there is a chili, used and it's pure good chilies that we Mm. we use to get the natural color. Mm. Um, So the color, the texture, the flavor is quite different from what we find in the market today. Yeah. So it's totally different. Yes, uh, it is again a matter of acceptance. Mm. I mean, if you sort of say, okay, I'm going to to that restaurant to eat colonial food, and mm. how does that look like? Mm. Then you want to try it. You might like it. You might not like it. So it's it's up to the client. So we have went ahead to take the risk, and uh, we wanted to offer that food or that period food. And to was it people. popular? It was popular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, Pepper Mill has branched out, another four restaurants in Abu Dhabi. So it is mm. popular. In I think in three years' time. So that's a uh, good. And move, a, yeah.
0: So that was obviously in India, but you, h- how long have you been here in the UAE for? Uh,
1: 15 years, I guess.
0: Oh, you've done 15 years yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And are you, you, are you, have you always been with the Media One group, or have you been in other restaurants as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I started off with Blah Hollywood um, oh, a really? long time back in 98, yeah.
0: The original pla- uh, <laughs> the, the Planet.
1: Uh, the Plant Ho- Hollywood wow. original, yeah, in yeah. Dubai in 98. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was fantastic. Uh, moved on to Warfie, mm-hmm. uh Wafi Group as in as in as in whole. Mm-hmm. Um, worked in many restaurants there,
0: and you've w- worked on uh, Carnival cruise lines as yes, well. I did. I did. That I did. must have been a real challenge. That I mean, the thousands and thousands of covers. Yeah, I would assume it,
1: it was it was two thousand two hundred covers uh, mm. on that ship. So mm. it was massive. Um, you cater two thousand two hundred people every single day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Mm. So that is uh, that was that that was the that was something that I learned as well. You know, how could you? cater so much people and at that span of time. Yeah. Um that is an amazing experience. Um, and it's something it's it's a kitchen on the move. Uh, yeah. So if you if you run run out of an ingredient, you can't you can't you can't have any <laughs> yes. supplies. You know, basically. So you got you got to be well stocked, well equipped uh, to make sure that you don't run out of anything.
0: When you 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 were on one of those cruises that would sort of check into different harbors and ports yeah. and things like that. Yeah. What kind of what part of the world were you, were you cruising around?
1: I was uh, from Texas to Mexico. Oh really? Uh, Mexico. There was two islands. Beautiful island. I think it's got the second clearest water. Cozumel. Mm. Have you heard about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so being
0: been those two islands, and would you would you stop when you went to a different harbour? Would you get more supplies kind of brought on? So um, no, um, uh, the 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 way they work
1: is uh, the home port where it was taxes. They mm. they need to get all the products or ingredients and then stock up the the, the, the ship mm. from the home port. Mm. Uh, unless uh, a mishap has happened uh, there's a breakdown or something is uh, not safe to use yeah, then yeah. they would go to uh, another port to buy
0: and of course now you're at the the media one hotel I mean yes. and, and there's there's a lot of outlets there as well yeah I, I guess you still must be doing a thousand odd covers uh, across, across across all the various across the various, yeah, 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 every it, day it does but just not moving Just not moving, <laughs> just not moving. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you uh, with us uh, Girish. thank you so much for joining us uh, Amrish is, as well uh, you're here with us today uh, and you You've been um, cooking since, what, 15, 15 16 years now 15 as years. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you must have had a, 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 an interesting career. How, where did it all start for you?
2: Uh, I started my catering college in the south part of India, which is Bangalore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I stayed a whole, all, whole of my life in northern India. So moving to Bangalore was a different world altogether for me, different cuisine, different mm-hmm. culture, different people. So it, it was a great, great learning for me in terms of uh, understanding India a lot more better. Mm after graduating from my college i joined the park hotels as a management kitchen management trainee mm-hmm. so that was a time like i got an opportunity to do a restaurant for for, for them and in, in delhi mm-hmm. so that was
0: t- quite early in your career really, yes. wasn't it a couple yes. of years into your career yes.
2: the hotel was going for a, a change in phase so mm-hmm. uh, they were renovating one of their restaurant and they are looking for a restaurant which is which reflects not a north indian or a south indian cuisine which reflects more of a pan indian cuisine yeah so i got an uh, opportunity to travel different regions of India mm-hmm. and I stayed with the chefs there and I worked there with them for- for like a weekdays, 10 days. I keep on researching for them for at least six months and mm. then coming back to the hotel and doing the rest- restaurant for them. Yeah. The restaurant was named as Fire and it was one of the most successful restaurants for Delhi during yeah. that time.
0: And, and you've been in the U.A. for how long now? Uh,
2: almost eight years now. Yeah.
0: And you're at Rang Mahal uh, by Atul Kocher. Yes. Uh, the JW Marriott Marquee. That must be uh, an experience as well. Yes. Yeah? yes, yes. Working with a, sh- a chef like Atul.
2: Yes. Now the main inspiration uh, in Rang Mahal is uh, uh, doing the food which, is, which reflects more of our a uh, young Indian food, mm-hmm. more of a progressive Indian food mm-hmm. again there's no restrictions there are no parameters where you can define yourself being an Indian or being a modern or a contemporary restaurant mm. something which inspires us inside the kitchen or outside the workplace we we do that we want to reflect it through our cooking techniques and mm. cooking skills for example, if I have a, a team member who is back from his vacation and he 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 able to see some interesting thing and that if we can incorporate that yeah. interesting element in the guest experience, why not
0: That's so important, isn't it, Samir, to to, to keep that, uh, getting inspiration and and, and taking information from from the junior chefs as well. Everybody's got something to contribute.
3: Absolutely. And there's so much learning to do every day, Mm. um, you know, as you go along. And inspiration comes uh, as you walk the street, Mm -hmm. um, you know. Uh, inspiration comes as you as you try another chef's food mm. um, i think and all of that pretty much leads to a good menu mm. and i think a menu like rang mahal has evolved over times as well starting from banaras in in london yes. uh, to where it has reached in rang mahal it has evolved to adapt to the clientele here in dubai yeah. you know so i think uh, you rightly said that uh, that inspiration is something which also uh, comes from within the gut of a chef yes uh, what are the spices that excite him mm. uh, what what are the flavors that that he'd like to cook with uh, What What is that dish of the day That he'd like to do today When he wakes up in the morning And says That's what I'm going to feed My customers today yeah. And they're going to be Blown over this Slow roasted Baby lamb shoulder With cinnamon And star anise You yeah. know for example Yeah. I think that's the kind Just of Just throw way. that out there Absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ray you know Absolutely Since I'm a TV chef And I've cooked for camera You, you yeah. know I don't need Really need to cook <laughs> yeah. So whatever can be done In five minutes is. Yeah the, dis- is the description <laughs> Is
0: great Guess the ingredient Yes, we always like to run our Guess the Ingredient on a Thursday uh, So we're going to give you a series of clues And you need to guess the ingredient Clue number one, Samir
3: Today's mystery ingredient is native to the Mediterranean countries And is grown extensively all over Europe, the Middle East and China and India It's a winter ingredient It is firm, pale green bulb, which is feathery stalks. Guess what it is
0: Uh, Ahmed uh, says, uh, great work at Rang Mahal, 11 dishes from Hyderabad, Lucknow, and Old Delhi. That is wonderful. Uh, So congratulations to you. You've got a fan uh, over there. Thank you. Um, And um, uh, Pepper Mill, uh, says Stan, is a great restaurant. Visited one of the branches in uh, Al-Barsha for my birthday last year, loved the munghali platter. Yeah. Muglai. yeah. Muglai. Sorry. Muglai. <laughs> Muglai.
3: Can you say that again,
0: please? Muglai. Muglai. Like that. Muglai. Muglai Thank platter. You. Muglai. That's right. <laughs> is that a popular dish? Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. It
1: yeah.
0: is yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've, I can feel I'm going to get picked up on, on quite a lot of stuff here. Uh, we have uh, three Indian chefs here in the studio with us. Uh, Amal says, um, if you go to any Pakistani or, Af- or Afghani restaurants, you will find no colours used at all as well as mild spices, giving natural taste, unlike Indian food. <laughs> so that's uh, a con- little bit of controversy there from AOL.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll let the specialists answer that. What, what do you think about color in Indian
2: food? Uh, I believe like uh, colors are never used in Indian food. If we see the history or if we see the uh, Indian food mm-hmm. 15 or 20 years back, it's now only when the things are getting more commercialized now these things are coming and taking over it so which is I think very very important that we should restrict ourselves from use of all these uh, preservatives or colors in the the, the cuisine Mm.
0: so okay so you should it's a bad thing try to avoid it as uh, yes, much as possible. Yes. I think I mean some, it's something that I've definitely seen uh, covered in the UK in the news over there where um, actually r- Indian restaurants have gone into trouble for using so much coloring that the dish is actually you know and un- you know uh, unsafe to eat because of the amount of coloring. And and yet that's in direct demand to um, for the you know the public who say I want that to be really red or yeah. really strong yellow. It's kind of it's un- it's kind of unnatural, yeah, isn't it,
1: t- it? Talking about that. Yeah, I mean uh, when when we uh, did the food trials for... Or pepper mill, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't, like I said, we didn't use any food colorings or artificial uh, taste enhancers. So mm. um, the chicken tikka that came in um, was not usual color, mm-hmm. and uh, the chefs around and uh, the the services, this is not chicken tikka. You can't tell this is chicken tikka. I said, why? It's mm-hmm. not red in color. I said, it's not. It never. It was never red in color. Yeah. It have just changed the color over the years because people have been using colors and not the real chili powder. Yeah. And uh, the real chili powder is expensive. So in order to cut costs, so y- you tend to add a regular chili powder or a, or a, or a s- uh, inferior quality chili powder and color. Mm. So you get the, co- uh, the, the color that is required. But over the, over the period, I think um, the food has transformed in, in, in different ways. But uh, it's not the right way because it's uh, towards the unhealthy direction, mm. uh, making quick money uh this is the direction that the food has is gone into I think in the f- past few years that we, we talk about sustainability, we talk about organic. I think we are now started to think about all these uh in back of mind. Yes, Amory Stradley's men mentioned about his kids and I think when we when we have our kids we think about, oh yo, this is not uh, what we want our kids to eat. Yes, mm-hmm. now we 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 hold as chefs a a, a big responsibility, not just in the hotel or at home mm. but we have a responsibility to the society as well mm. i mean we we feed people
0: but at the same time you know you are you you're in a uh, a customer service industry you, yeah. you, you know you, yeah. you if if everybody's going to the restaurant next yeah. next door because they want a bright red or a bright yellow curry yeah. and you're and you're you know you're not doing any covers you've kind of got to react to that I mean I remember the first time you cooked a butter chicken f- uh, for me Samir I was like, well, this should be bright yellow and it w- and it wasn't bright yellow obviously you know
3: absolutely absolutely and I think that uh, very rightly per- put by chef I think if you r- if you use the right ingredients I mean if you would use nice ripe right uh, red tomatoes mm. to be creating a good makhni, then you really don't need to make up for the lack of non wrong ingredient that mm-hmm. you've actually used to create that dish, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that's where you do, that's where you try and compromise and, and take shortcuts and, and there are uh, permitted levels of food colors, which are food grade colors, which you can, which you can very much use, you know, mm. but, but yes, Indian food or, or is this kind of, uh, we, we, we tend to use a bit of, uh, or red orange and colors in that. And yeah. I've not seen that much in a shepherd's pie or a fish and
2: chips, for example, for that matter. Mm. I just want to add on to that. Like when we say about the right ingredients, now this is a very very simple thing, but it's very very important at the same time. I, I'll give you one example. Like uh, if uh, a, a, ch- a children of a child of like four to five years of age, if you ask him what is strawberry, draw, draw a strawberry on a piece of paper, he mm. will draw a bottle of milk which has got a strawberry flavour. Mm. So he's not familiar with the. The, the strawberry, the, ingredient, the fruit, the ingredient. Yeah. Mm. So what I want to say, the basic elementary education about cooking, the bas- uh, ingredient is very, very important at the school level because mm. school, they, 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 they gave us information and they give us all the tools to to, to live a better life. Mm. But it's very, very important at the same time, the basic elementary education about cooking in the school is very, very important now.
0: Guess the ingredient. Clue number two from Chef
3: Samir. Alright, uh, I must go a little bit louder Because the kind of responses that we've got on the first one seem to be very good So yes. I'm sure we, we, there are many more people out there wanting to win some Iftar prizes They do So here we go then The mystery ingredient number 2 was used by the Romans and the Greeks The Greeks? Let's not talk of them for the moment For food and medicinal purposes Roman warriors are said to have consumed this to make them strong mm. Wow In some western cultures, when hung over doors, or placed in keyholes, it was thought to ward off evil spirits or ghosts. There you go, Ray.
0: So we've had two clues there. Uh, The first clue was that it's a native to Mediterranean uh, countries, a winter ingredient and a firm pale green bulb with feathery stalks. And the second clue, used by the Romans and the Greeks, uh, used to ward off evil spirits and ghosts. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the wrong answers that we've had in so far. Uh, Nicholas says artichoke. No. Uh, spring, well tried. Good try. Good try. Uh, good spring onions is incorrect as yeah, well. Yeah and uh, we've also had uh, oh quite a lot of correct answers we've been promising this, let's do this Food news Yes, uh, we're getting some texts in on this already uh, over in the UK, a news story I spotted uh, teachers are now allowed to confiscate and keep pupils unhealthy food uh, under government rules for lunch to- uh, lunchbox inspections ministers say uh, schools can confiscate, keep or destroy items from children uh, and they're suggesting having two teachers uh, and the pupil present for lunchbox searches we're gonna <laughs> this concept of lunchbox uh searches uh, guys what do you think is this a little bit extreme well i think it's
1: uh it's a bit of extreme and it's uh you know uh, out of proportion um it's it's the responsibility of of uh, the parents as well mm. um to uh, educate the kids and uh, it again the the food is prepared at home so um, if if the parents are educated and the kids are also educated on that i mean the teachers I've I've got to teach them, um, mm. and uh, I think uh, putting effort to confiscate the food um, I think it's it's uh, it's out of proportion.
0: The, the teacher says here the teachers are free to take and keep any item from pupils' lunchboxes if they think they are unhealthy or inappropriate. Uh, according to uh, government officials, Amrish, uh, it's that it sounds like theft
2: to me. Uh, I feel like okay, you have confiscated the tiffin box, but how you are replacing it with like mm. how you are balancing it out at that because at that very moment the kid needs food to eat mm-hmm. it's his break time yeah so uh, that that action plan has also been the place how we are balancing it out at the same time awareness of that is very important from the home like what we are sending in a different box is very very important mm. and uh, I agree with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, we've got had a text in here. Uh, it says, uh, in our school uh, in Dubai, there's, there is the food police. Uh, one kid in class uh, volunteers and walks around checking lunch boxes at break time. They reprimand the unhealthy uh, lunch and award the healthiest lunch box of the week. As a mother, I was totally appalled at the idea of children policing one another and uh, poking their fingers into somebody's food. As a result, my daughter stopped taking uh, tuna sandwiches for lunch because. Uh, the volunteer policemen thought that they were gross how far is too far samir
3: uh, Ray, i think charity begins at home mm. as they say that when you're when you're packing your child's meal in the morning mm. i would like to ask how many of us actually look into what we, are put, what we are putting there? You know, how many of us take the efforts and the pain to plan it a day before mm-hmm. and say, what is it that we are going to be? Or is it something that we just rumble up in the morning, 10 minutes before the child is going to school and say, hey, you know what? That's the fastest year we could put up together. So I think more the responsibility does lie with the teachers. They mm. are, what they are trying to do by, by policing is to help us understand uh, from a nutritional point of view where a child is in their growing years and need the proteins in the carbs of what best we could do for them, but I think, like I said, it begins at home. We need to take that responsibility.
0: Here's the thing, right? <laughs> okay, so so they've kind of um, made it slightly tamer by having you know in the UK and also this particular school here, we don't know which one it is, having a, a, one of the school kids getting involved, but. Let's face it. A school child does not know what there should or shouldn't be. Will not always know what is appropriate to be uh, in a in a lunchbox. It, what I think, it perhaps, you could argue, it's wrong to put them in that position. Absolutely. I mean, they have they have no business to be in, in that mm. position. I completely agree with you, and
3: I think that that calls for un, unnecessary uh, confrontations. And I think it's 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 to deal more with with the teacher and mm. maybe a nutritionist at school could do these occasional sessions with parents guiding them on what would be the best food uh, for their child you know yeah. the school could send out a certain set of guidelines so to say that this is what you work your menu around in a way educating the parents to help them to create that meal for their child mm. I think it's all about working together with the parents
0: oh, it, <clears throat> let's, let's extend this this is another story so we're talking that's the, that was the UK this is now uh, in America secondary school pupils in the states have been caught selling salt to their classmates uh, to make their school dinners take, taste nicer it's kind of in, rea- in reaction to Michelle Obama let 's move childhood Obesity ishi- Initiative, which um, was launched in in two thousand and ten uh, it's changed how um, all those di- changed the, the, the landscape of those dinners uh, in the states and this is a, a school in Indiana schools in Indiana pupils have been caught bringing salt pepper and sugar with them to make their lunches uh, taste better. Some have even been caught selling the seasonings to their classmates this is I mean when you think of things being inappropriately sold in in schools in, in America Salt and pepper and sugar is not the first thing that you think of, Samir, is it? Uh,
3: Salt, pepper and sugar, I mean, at least salt and sugar are are definitely considered to be one of the two unhealthy things. Mm. uh, Because they do create, uh, uh, in in a way, excess of both of them does cause unhealthiness. But I think if it is brought to the level where you are uh, reducing it in a way that it doesn't even... Is palatable mm. then of course you're going to do everything possible to make your meal palatable and that's why you would try and start selling seasonings mm. which of course is, is taking it to the other extreme
0: it's interesting there's another article as well uh, chefs because um, th- this, there's a study that's been done in the UK that says that restaurant meals could actually be worse for you than a cheap takeaway a study has found that fine dining is higher in, f- in fat and salt I mean we've, we've all seen um, chefs I mean, we, we, I've seen you've done it in the past. I'm sure you know there's a lot more seasoning than that might be used uh, in home kitchens as well, Amrish.
2: And now, when we talk about seasoning, now it's very important to understand what is ex- exactly seasoning means when we are when we are applying it to a dish. Mm-hmm. Seasoning is basically a next stage when once you have added the salt. Now, how you are seasoning it? Mm-hmm. How you are seasoning? Maybe you have to adjust the sourness and sugar of a dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sourness content and the sugar content of the dish Seasoning is not about Adding a uh, taste enhancers to the food So uh, I believe like uh, uh, I believe like For example like uh, uh, When we talk about fine dining restaurants Are adding more of uh, Fat and uh, mm-hmm. seasoning to it So I don't 100% Agree with it mm-hmm. Because okay. most of the uh, most of the fine dining restaurants, what I see is taking a route of uh, ethnic restaurants, mm-hmm. because ethnic restaurants are going away from the uh, market and more of our fast food dining restaurants are, are entering the restaurant. So now we as a chef, what we feel we are we are losing on what we have, but we are catching up with what we don't have. Okay. So like the what I feel we should stick on to what we have and we should learn what is the next food
0: for the next generation. Girish, what do you think? I mean, is there there too much seasoning? You know, I've I've seen uh, the amount of butter that gets put into some sauces and things like that. It's a lot more, you know, than than, when you buy a cookbook and it says put a knob of butter into the thing. But actually in the kitchen, in the professional kitchen, it could be half the pat.
1: Well, uh this depends again on on cuisines, you know, if it's uh if it's a french cuisine for instance, yeah, you need to uh, you can't avoid cream. Uh, mm. so you always have creamies as as an ingredient. Um and um it's not that you over um season or you mm. over add products. It's there is a recipe and uh, uh, that recipe has been tried and tested. Um I think uh, they 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 are in proportion, but the focus, in proportion.
0: Flavor, it? the focus m- is on flavour, isn't it? The focus is on flavour. The, the, the menu hasn't been designed necessarily, yeah. unless you're going to a health food restaurant or something like that. It hasn't been designed with calories as the main consideration. No, it's this is something that you would not eat every single night of the week it's a treat it, it therefore may or may not be higher yeah, in calorie I mean, than you we, normally we started
1: ca- calculating calorie recently mm. i mean uh many years back uh, nobody has even bothered what calories is, is That's there, it. Is, there yeah. is there um but like i said like like you like you said uh ray if if, if you add more butter that doesn't mean that the ta- the dish is going to taste extra mm-hmm. it, it's just uh, might spoil the dish you know
0: Text just come in and uh, says, uh, salt helps some people like me uh, for nausea. Salt is not all bad like sugar. Most restaurants here just overload items with too much salt or sugar. Do you agree, Samir?
3: I think it's en vogue, so to say, for, mm. for restaurants or fine dining restaurants, uh, not to single them out, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, on on the pass where the chef sends out the food, there is lovely sea salt always. Mm. And it's very en vogue to pick up a, a few sprinkles of the sea salt and finish a dish along with that which mm. is actually healthy provided in the initial seasoning you've not used a lot of the normal con- common sodium salt mm. you know so uh, also salt can be substituted with the healthier version of the of the sea salt mm. and having said that even at the table the guest has a choice of adding
0: more seasoning should he like yeah you know so that's sh- one of my personal bugbears when, yeah when if i cook something in my own home yeah. and i you know i try and season and right and and then they oh. add more seasoning before they've even tasted it that yeah that annoys me yeah i think that that
3: is probably a mindset mm. that when ray cooks <laughs> it's not gonna be salty you know? <laughs> thank you so much i think that our next uh program should be when ray cooks
0: <laughs> i think so, <laughs> i think our, our next program actually has to be the news unfortunately uh, we've got to head over to the news uh, now